is February the 22nd, 2022. It's Tuesday. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Kenzie, and I'm usually joined by the very sexy Frank Huerta, but I'm joined by the even sexier, more beautiful, more elegant, my wife, Sarah Kenzie, today. It's a very special Friendship News Hour. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you. We also have a little mini guest. You can see his hand. Oh, Wally is there. Lil Wally is co-hosting too with dad. So it's a family affair today. This is going to be fun. Yes, he's ready. I'm excited to hear his thoughts on the world and everything, but... He's got a lot. (laughs) First of all, thank you for listening and supporting uh, me and Frank while we do this podcast. You're one of our best listeners. Number one fan. (laughs) Feedback is always appreciated. Really quick, before we get into the news of the day, I did want to say today in history is, is a... Significant day. Today, many years ago, in the 1980 Winter Olympics, we beat the Soviet Union uh, in the Miracle on Ice, 4-3. Oh, to three. That's hockey, right? That is hockey, yes. The team that we beat, we had a, like a team of like a bunch of young kids, and the team that we beat had uh, captured the previous four Olympic hockey golds, going back all the way to 1964, and had not lost a single Olympic hockey game since 1968. Jeez. And yeah. Three days before we beat them in the semifinals, they beat us 10 to 3 in an exhibition game. So, wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. The captain, Mike Ruzioni, uh, was a member of the Toledo Blades. So, Toledo oh, plays into this. Hey, yeah. Toledo. <laughs> we pop up in the weirdest places. I'll never understand. Yeah. That. For real. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, that happened uh, many years ago. Damn. That's like 40 years ago now. So, was that at the time when they couldn't have like professional hockey players? on the team or why did we have such a a young team? Yeah, I don't think we sent professionals. I I don't know if it was specifically for this Olympics, but I'm pretty sure back in the day we did not. Okay. Um, And that's, they always just like wash, wash the floor with us. And this was also like right kind of in the height of Cold War and whatnot too. So like America and Soviet Union were not friends. Yeah. I'm sure that they loved that when we beat them. (laughs) Yeah. They were thrilled. (laughs) And then we went on to beat Finland in the gold medal uh, game two days later. Pretty cool. Herb Brooks, the head coach, was a uh, was the man. I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Miracle? Uh, I don't think so. We should watch that together sometime, especially with the little man. That's a really good movie. He was their coach. He actually, di- when I was kind of looking into this a little more, he died during the filming of the movie in a car crash. Oh wow! The the real coach? Yeah, Herb Brooks. Like they were. Wow. The, he was helping them make the movie. Kurt Russell played him in the movie, and he died in a car crash. He fell asleep behind the wheel, and he perished. So that's that's sad. crazy. Yeah. What else happened this day in history anything fun george washington was born in 1732 oh wow pretty neat 22232 yeah other than that not too much yesterday was the anniversary of malcolm x uh his assassination so that's sad wow on president's day yes uh but a lot to get to today the olympics just wrapped up this past weekend, uh, wrapping up, what, like two and a half weeks or so of nonstop sports? Yeah, I saw that NBC said it was like a horrible, disastrous like thing for their ratings. Like it was so bad. Really? Yeah. Like no one watched. I could believe it. I watched very few stuff. I would put curling on when I'd go to sleep, but it was pretty underwhelming. Like the NHL didn't send a single player to the hockey aspect of it. So it's like all those games weren't necessarily not exciting to watch, but like the skill level was way dropped off. Yeah. I feel like people don't care as much about the Olympics at all these days, but like especially Winter Olympics, which kind of sucks. It does suck for those athletes for sure, but it's really specific sports. Like when do you ever see skiing with 
target Guns. shooting on TV. Yeah, it's like yeah. So, uh, you never see that like throughout the year like you would hockey or you would like for summer Olympics like basketball and so many other sports. Golf now I think is even like an Olympic sport. Yeah, it's kind of like how we randomly saw like the world championship tag on ESPN. We were like, "Huh, this is cool and interesting. We watched it for a little bit. We were like, okay, we're good. It's like a lot of the winter Olympic sports. It's like my first time seeing them. So I'm like, oh, interesting. How does this work? And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Cause I'm not like invested. <laughs> I don't know like the strategy and stuff like that. Like I would with yeah. more normal sports like basketball or football or whatever. Tennis. Yeah. All those. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. true. I'm surprised though. Cause you're a skier or you're a snowboarder. And like, I don't think I saw you watch any of the snowboarding events at all. I mean, cause they don't have people just going down like hills in Wisconsin straight down, not doing any jumps. Like that's all I know how to do. So yeah, true. Like watching people do crazy jumps isn't like anything I've ever done. So I, I really like, it's no more familiar to me than like figure skating is really. That's the worst one ever to watch in the whole world. Figure skating? <laughs> yeah, it's so boring. Really? To me, I think that's it's like the most boring. exciting one. So some people do say that my mom loves it, but you guys were watching it for hours. But I, to me, I know it takes so much skill, but it's just like it's just not into it. Like I'm, I'm just not into it. Like like when you were watching the show, um, what's that show you like with the gymnastic people? Cheer. Cheer. Yeah, I know it's hard as hell to do. Like it's it takes a ton of talent and strength and what have you. But it's like it's just not interesting to me. Yeah, I get that. That's kind of how, like, I recognize, like, Adele is a really good singer. I'm just not interested in listening to her music. It's like, I respect her, just like you probably respect the skill it takes to be a great cheerleader, but just not your thing. Let's go into that, because you often, you're not a fan of many great singers, and it, it always I just don't like singing, <laughs> and I feel terrible saying that, but, like, I, that's just not what I like to listen to, usually. There's, like, yeah. the occasional song that I'll love, but, like, in general, I'm trying to listen to a hard beat with some good raps. Sure. So like you've, I, last week you mentioned you don't like Alicia Keys, the, the way her voice sounds. <laughs> I just, on that one song, I didn't like it. The City of God song with Kanye. It's just okay. so like machine-y sounding. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like. It is a little affected. Yeah. I don't like that. I remember when we saw her um, at the Chance thing in like 2016. She was so good. And like, I loved watching her perform live. Like she was amazing. Yeah. But it's like, that was cool to see, but I'm not going to sit and like, listen to her, like go for a run and listen to her. That's just not what I enjoy listening to. It doesn't like motivate me to do anything. But what about like Beyonce? You like Beyonce from what I know. Okay. I like some songs. I like most of Lemonade, but I feel like she sort of rapped a little bit on Lemonade, and that's why I like it more. Okay. And like Rihanna, I like very few songs. I think the only one I really like is Bitch Better Have My Money, which is like a hard song. Yeah, right, right. So you're here for the, the production, and then if the voice is listenable or tolerable, it's, it's a plus. It's a bonus. Yeah, or if I just randomly really like it. What is it that attracts you then to like Billie Eilish you loved her first album like obsessed yeah it's just all random the, every like four <laughs> years there's one singy album that I really really like and that was the one for the uh 2016 to 2020 time period well Big Crit has just gifted us with a new singing album I'm very impressed with it I know you said you were too but it's called Digital Roses Don't Die and uh he's kind of broken away from his traditional like southern rap 
bars kind of a thing uh, and even like hard beats even and it kind of transitioned more to like a soul album with a lot of instrumentation kind of outcasty vibes like if andre 3000 would have made like like it's kind of like love below-ish to me actually in a way when i first listened to it i sort of thought it was like a mix between what crit normally does and like roddy rich type like singy stuff okay i could see that for sure because Roddy Rich uses a lot of like piano and instrumentation like that. Yeah. Fritz using more like horns and violin and stuff, but it's really well done. De- definitely check it out. It just dropped. Yeah. So, okay. So to wrap up the Olympics, sorry, I got sidetracked there. To wrap up the Olympics, we actually didn't do all that great as like, as we usually do, at least we finished fifth overall in total medals with 25 finished fourth, like for golds. It's weird how they like measure it. Like you look up medal count and it's always based on golds. But to me, total number of medals is more important more rewarding or more like uh of a statement i think mm-hmm. anyway Nor- norway won both they had the most medals with 37 and 16 gold medals i believe mm-hmm. one of their their skiers the guy that does the skiing and shooting or i forget what they call that multi-sport or biathlete or something like that yeah. he had like four or five by himself so that's oh crazy. wow germany was second in the gold medal count with 12 golds uh they had 27 total which i think think was third place um in the totals behind the russian olympic committee who had 32 i kept wondering what roc stood for yeah so frank explained it to me i didn't really know about it till this olympics but i guess it's been like this the last like three olympics or so when they got caught for doping like basically russia was not allowed to come play in the games at all anymore like play under the flag represent the country but they didn't want to like say fuck you to all those olympic athletes who like trained their whole life for it so yeah. like through the Olympic Committee, Russia was able to form a team, but like none of their wins are under like the Russian flag technically, which is like kind of a slap so, on the wrist, but like technically Russia didn't win any medals this year. What's the difference though? Like between them, like forming the group of athletes versus Russia just sending them? Because it's not Russia winning the, the gold. It's the Olympic Committee formed like by Russian athletes basically. It's the Olympic Committee circumventing, allowing Russia to com- like compete. But that seems stupid. Yeah, it's a slap on the wrist. I'm sure Russia will still count those as their medals. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm looking at this <laughs> yeah. list. It's like Norway, Germany, Canada, and then Olympic athletes from Russia. It's like okay, let's just call it Russia. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, I don't really understand it, but um, kind of cool though. I think next year we'll have Olympics again, right? Because this one was a delayed Olympics. Uh, it was last, last year. Was? Okay, last yeah. year. So 2021, they did the 2020 summer olympics so now we're back on schedule so then the next time we'll see an olympics will be 2024 yep and that'll be summer gotcha oh okay so this was the one that was back to back we won't have that coming up yep gotcha okay so out to two more years then kind of sticking in the sports world have you uh heard any of the stuff that's going on with uh, michigan wolverine's basketball team and Juwan Howard. I saw the video of him like getting in the other guy's face and they were kind of like having words and then he hit him. It didn't look like it really hit him that hard or like made contact really, but yeah. I heard he got suspended. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So uh, John Howard, head coach of the Michigan Wolverines team, they've kind of had an off season from what many kind of expected them to have and for how well they did last year with the limited talent that they had. But um, they were playing Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, uh, in Madison uh, over the weekend, and Michigan kind of got their ass whooped. They were down by, I think, like 16 when all this happened. But uh, after a made Michigan basket, we pressed the Badgers, which means like 
instead of letting them push the ball over midcourt, we play defense like as soon as they're trying to inbound the ball to try to get a steal. Mm-hmm. And this forced them to like call another timeout with like 15 seconds left in the game as they were trying to push it over. At this point, they had a 16-point league, so it was like pretty unnecessary to even call the timeout, even if there was a turnover. Like to blow a 16-point lead in 15 seconds would be pretty, mm-hmm. pretty wild. So Juwan Howard did not like that call. He kind of thought it was like a fuck you from the Wisconsin coach. And and you could see he was like visibly upset on the sideline. Uh, After the game, Jawan, who usually goes to like the front of the handshake line, went all the way to the back. So even the commentator's like, oh shit, what the hell's going on? Like this guy's pissed. And uh, he went to the back of the line and he met with coach Greg Gard, who's uh, Wisconsin's head coach. (laughs) There's a video of it. You can hear him. You hear Juwan Howard say, I'm going to remember this shit. I'm going to definitely remember that shit. And he looked like he was just trying to like say that, like, fuck you basically and walk by the Wisconsin coach. But the Wisconsin coach like grabbed him by the shirt. And like what he said, a post game in an interview, like that he was trying to tell Juwan why he called the timeout. Mm. But but like he kind of like he, Juwan was just trying to say, fuck you and walk by. This dude grabbed his shirt. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but. Post game, his explanation was the Wisconsin coach was that he had a bunch of reserves in and he wanted them to get re- get organized because you only have so much time to advance the ball past half court or there's a turnover. Mm-hmm. But, but once again, 16 point lead, 15 seconds left. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. Even if you sink a three, it's still a four possession game needing all three pointers to win the game and no other points. So it's a stretch. Kind of seems like it was a dick move, but he is able to cover his bases a little bit because he didn't break any rules or whatever. But Juwan did not like that the Greg guard grabbed him and he used this mm-hmm. uh, as an opportunity to like kind of go off on him, tell him about the late timeout, saying, don't fucking touch me. He'd kind of start really, really yelling. And as this happened, a couple more players and coaches stepped in and it kind of like the shit talking escalated. Like you said, eventually... Joan Howard like reached over a couple guys and like looked like he like tried to open palm slap this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like I, I don't know. It's so weird, but not a good look at all for Joan Howard or Michigan basketball. Like that's I don't give like that's a shitty move for guard to have done. Uh, but like a professional, especially one who's supposed to be like leading young men and developing you know a- athletes that will then become professionals. Like that's not how you teach them how to play the game. Yeah, especially I don't know. I always think it's weird how there's like the rules of a sport and then there's like the unspoken rules like stuff mm-hmm. that you like I didn't the Super Bowl or one of the games before the Super Bowl it was like a minute left and you were like oh game over and I was like why I don't understand there's still time why are we not playing it's like I don't know there's always at, at the end of certain sports it seems like there's always like you just know that the game's over and you don't have to play the rest of it because of like some unspoken rule and it's not to say don't play to the whistle but like in certain situations it's like it's not worth trying to go all out or like get hurt because you know the game's over like it, it to a yeah, point that, I, I don't know that's true i saw some of the players started like throwing punches too yeah too so yeah the fallout from this is joan was suspended for the rest of the regular season which is five games and he's going to be receiving no pay so he's going to lose out on like a little bit over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. um guard the wisconsin coach was only fined 10k no suspension and there was two michigan players that are suspended for at least the next game and then one wisconsin player wow so yeah there's definitely we'll see but i mean that sucks for michigan like michigan's trying to get into the tournament right now and uh they have ohio state as their very last game and like they're not going to have their head coach so that's unfortunate but just kind of like as an outside sports fan do you think like and you saw the video like do you think that's a fireable offense to like strike not that he like mm. really hit him that hard, but like to strike another coach. I don't think so. I feel I feel like I've seen a lot worse in other like 
levels of basketball or like other sports too. I mean, like why is hockey, like you can fight and it's cool, but then basketball, one little like tap on the face and you could be fired. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, and even in hockey though, they've made it. So that sport has really been pussified the last like 10, 15 years. It sucks. Like hockey, fighting used to be a big part of hockey. Like they would used to have guys on the roster that would be goons that are literally there to protect their star players and go after the other team star players to try to hurt them. That's like not a position anymore in hockey. Was that ever in the rules? Like this is what's allowed. Like, was there anything about fighting in the rules? Like this is what's allowed. This is what's not allowed. This is when you can fight. Or is it always just like an unspoken thing for hockey? Well, for hockey, it's like a five minute major penalty if you would get into a fight like that. So like it was just known that that was the result of it. But like if you could go and like fuck up one of their star players or, you know, start a momentum swing or start like there used to be full team fights in hockey. You don't see that anymore. Like it used to be part of the game where like it was worth it to take a five minute major penalty and be down a guy the whole time to to do whatever you're trying to do and and now it's like all about speed and finesse and yada yada and, and that's what they're trying to do in more and more of these games even the nba in the 80s and 90s used to be way more physical the, the fouls that they would let happen w- were way harder way way harder that's why a lot of people say michael jordan will always be the greatest because he played in an era when people could literally like check you you know and mm-hmm barely get a foul call or maybe not even get a foul called. So, you know, LeBron doesn't have to deal with that as much, um, which is probably why he's had a longer career. Do you think that's good that they were allowed to do that? Or do you think it's better that now it's more about your skill in the sport versus hopefully you just don't get fucked up by someone else? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's hard. Like as a fan, like me personally of physical altercations, like I like to see that kind of stuff happen, but like for the skill of the game and to push the game forward and like for our kids and future generations to be able to play it and not, you know, get severe brain injuries, like in football, like I think it's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. but like the old school fighter in me or whatever wants to see that kind of stuff happen. Like I, I like that to see yeah. someone get laid out or to see full team brawls and hockey where you got goalies fighting at mid court at mid ice and like stuff like that is will always be fun just because that's like what i remember growing up but yeah i think it's <sighs> exciting when it happens like whenever there's a fight i'm like oh shit like you know mm-hmm. it's exciting to watch but what if lebron got severely injured his first year in the nba and then he never became lebron as we know him today yeah no exactly and that's 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 exactly what they're trying to avoid and and the game's changing so quickly where in hockey, like I was saying, that you had the goon that was there to protect star players and hurt other players. Like you, you used to have centers in the NBA who, who's the five, who's the big man down low. You dunk the ball. They're the enforcer, the blocker. They foul any other point guards that try to come in. And it's like now with players like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, like so many other dudes that are so dynamic and can shoot a three ball, you stretch the court and you don't really need a big guy down low. Now, now you want your five, you want your center to, to be someone who could also pop a three if he had to, to keep a defense guessing. So I think it is ultimately for the better of the game and you're seeing more and more skill happen, but it's, uh, you know, it's just Not as it's fun. changing things. Yeah, it's, it's less fun to watch to me as a fan from like my viewpoint but for like for young kids i mean like steph curry is is everything to them and and it's it's encouraging people to learn how to shoot instead of learning how to drive it's it's just a different thing Mm -hmm. um what else is going on you sent me a really interesting article uh about eating disorders in men and i kind of want to talk about that today yeah as a man that 
potentially may or may not have had one at some point in his life. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a really interesting read. And the, the article, I think it was from like CNN Health, where I pull most of my news from. Uh, <laughs> it, it focused on a man named Ryan Sheldon, who now holds uh, some position for disorders and just for healthy eating in general. Uh, some kind of organization. Uh, he now holds like a high up position there, but uh, his name's Ryan Sheldon and uh, he had an eating disorder for years, but had trouble identifying it and getting help because the stereotype is kind of always like the, I even look at it this way too, up until more recently is that like, it only really happens to teenage girls or like just to women in general. And he, he claims that that's a, belief that's harmful and untrue and he they even claim that around one in three eating disorders affect men or boys yeah. so i thought that was a wild stat because you honestly i don't think of it that way i always think about women when i think about that which is so sexist to say but mm -hmm. it says in the u.s alone 10 million males will be affected by eating disorders at some point in life according to the national eating disorder association mm -hmm. i just thought it was pretty wild like when thinking about someone with an eating disorder many people will think of a girl or woman who restricts food exercises obsessively or secretly binges and purges uh, but men as the article says also feel this pressure to conform to a masculine manly body that like society deems acceptable and like th they point to like superhero movies and, and like how that's taken over as like a very contributing factor to this and that's gotta be like that's so true i definitely definitely see that as a as a factor yeah, I think even guys that you think are super healthy, like you see at the gym and like they're not super skinny, they're really buff, but like they're so rigid with their eating and like they won't eat bread or like they're doing keto. Honestly, I think that like keto and some of those other diets are eating disorders. It's like if you're cutting out, if your life is impacted by what you decide you can and cannot eat, I feel like that is disordered eating. And if you are like yeah. going out to a restaurant and bringing food with you or like saying no to a night out with friends because you're worried about the food, like that is that's messed up. That's impacting your life. That's exactly what the article said. It says like, when does an interest in maintaining a certain physique be actually transition from just that to like a eating disorder? And it yeah. says it happens when your behavior and interactions start to be ruled by the restrictions you're putting into place for your ideal body. Mm -hmm. And it, it just made me think about like last year I was, I really got into fitness, like hardcore. And I was, my diet was really, really good. I wish I could get kind of back there. Like there's some <laughs> things about my eating disorder that I miss a little bit. But I know on the whole, it wasn't healthy, but there's times I remember like, um, when like you, Jasmine, Zach wanted to go get like Andy's yogurt and like, I didn't even want to go for the car ride yeah. or have the temptation in front of me to eat it. Cause it's like, fuck that. Like I'm healthy. You guys are fat. Like, I'm not trying to be like that. And it's not like I was saying this shit to you guys, but like in my head, I'm like, no, like I don't need that shit. Well, I'm not going to go and like put the temptation in front of me to order some custard. Fuck mm -hmm. that. I'm just going to stay home. And my diet, like thinking back to like my thought process on so many things, it was, I read this article. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you notice in me during that time? Well, okay. So I think like all eating disorders, it starts with really good intentions and then you start feeling really good and then you start seeing results. And then it gets addictive and then you keep it up. But then all of a sudden, like you stop losing weight for a second, which who knows, like weight fluctuates all the time for a million different reasons. And then you see that and you're like, okay, like I got to go harder. I got to eat less. And I remember a lot of times you'd come home from like your one hour workout and then two hours straight of like really intense tennis. And you'd say, 
I don't know if I should have a smoothie. I already had one. Maybe I'll just eat nothing tonight. I should probably just eat nothing and fast. (laughs) And you would use fasting as like, that's like a health thing. Like that's not just not eating just to not eat. It's like a thing that people do, which that's another thing like intermittent fasting. It can be useful used correctly, but it also can just be a way to say that your eating disorder is like socially acceptable. So like I saw a lot of that with you. I remember telling my friends like more and more that you would just not eat for whatever reason. (laughs) Like you couldn't decide what to have for dinner, but I think part of you just wanted to not eat. You'd ask me what you should have. And I'd suggest like three different things. You'd be like, "Mm, none of them sound good. I think I'm just going to not eat. But I think like before you even asked me, you wanted to not eat in the first place. Yeah. And it timed up perfectly I think with like I got blood results back and they told Mm -hmm. me that like my triglycerides were super super high and that's the shit that builds up in your arteries and and whatnot and basically leads to heart disease and heart attacks and all strokes all so many other things and so they told me that I'm like oh shit I need to change my diet and they told me to cut out saturated fats which is you know red meat cheeses dairy like a lot of a lot of things and that happened right as I really got into fitness and it was kind of like well I have a reason to not eat all these things because it's health. Like I got to worry about my health and and I got to get these blood results better paired with working out. And then you feel so good and you don't want to eat shitty. So it was like kind of this like perfect storm of, you know, trying to get better. But then like it kind of maybe got out of hand more than I thought it would have. But I mean, it worked because like my blood when I got tested a year later was like a million times better. They were like shocked at at the results, but like my eating habits weren't healthy. And then when I broke kind of like that cycle of how I was eating, because there was days, and I'm sure you remember this, like I would wake up in the morning, maybe have just a plain bagel, no butter, no nothing, just a eat a bagel straight up, go in, like you said, do my workout, come home, eat a smoothie. That night I would go and play two hours and a half, two and a half hours of tennis um, and then come home and, and maybe not eat again. And it's like, I'm burning maybe like 1500 plus calories a day, consuming maybe eight to 900. And I'm, you know, I'm losing weight, but like, I'm not putting the things into my body that I need to like actually like gain muscle or like live a healthy, healthy lifestyle. So I'd always kind of feel drained Mm-hmm. energy wise, you know, and looking back on it now, not saying that like I've perfected everything and it's perfect, but it is wild to me to think like how long I did that for. Yeah. And like the blood results were a lot better, but that's only one small piece of the puzzle, you know, of your mm-hmm. overall health. And a huge part of it is your mental health too. And like, that's not a sustainable way to live and to worry all the time about what you're eating and to like get anxious and not want to come with me, Zach and Jazz when we go get ice cream. Like, it's just, it's a really slippery slope. I feel like. In my defense, you guys get ice cream a lot though. <laughs> I mean, it's proposed ice cream is... every time I'm with you guys, I think. Okay, that's mostly Zach <laughs> and, and Jazz. Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, but yeah, basically, I just said like if you're seeing men or boys in your life making big changes to the activities and relationships in their lives, it's time to take a closer look. Perhaps get them with like a nutritionist. I know that helps a lot of people with these kind of issues, um, and you know to kind of take it from there. But it's it's not just the you know, something for females. I I can personally attest, like it happened to me coming out of it. I kind of went hard with the sweets and that's even something I'm still battling is, is like that diet was not healthy necessarily, but I was losing weight, seeing results. And now it's like, I'm at a point where I'm just like maintaining, I'm not losing anymore. And that's because I have nights when I eat ice cream and I eat all this like shit. And sometimes 
it strings together over two or three, four or five days, like whatever, where I'm like, you get that sugar rush or you after dinner every night, you want ice cream or whatever. So that's something I've been trying to combat now is like not go to the extreme like I did before, but like I do need to reel it in and not eat these late night sweets and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And I've found that like not smoking weed as much, especially has helped me a lot with that. You don't get those, those munchies. Yeah. And I think a lot of people after they restrict what they eat for any period of time, it's like the yo-yo effect where you go so hard in one direction. And then once you give yourself permission to eat sweets or whatever again then you kind of go crazy for a while yeah and then a lot of times people they're like oh no I went crazy I gained 10 pounds like I need to go hard again and then it just kind of that's like that binge restrict cycle that never ends basically until you consciously end it and one thing I would say too is if I could go back to when you were dealing with all the food restrictions I feel like I would have approached it differently because I, it was, I took a more like lighthearted, like kind of poking fun at you approach, like telling you you have an eating disorder, but like you actually kind of did have an eating <laughs> disorder and like, it wasn't funny. You actually needed like more gentle nudging to get back on track and not be so crazy about it. Sure. Yeah. So, but it all ends happily. We're all good now. My eating yeah. disorder has subsided for, for the time being. <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I did do something yesterday for the first time, which is it's called box and burn at my gym, but it's like a, a boxing slash like cross training uh, regimen that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I'm sure most gyms have something similar, but it's basically like a 45 to an hour class and you're doing one of two things. You're either in, you kind of rotate between two groups. The one group in, in like the middle of the room is doing um, like kettlebell exercises, bodyweight exercises where you're doing lifts and squats and, and kettlebell lifts and whatnot. And then the other group is hitting a bag with different combinations, you know, one, two hook, one, one, two hook, you know, one hook, two, two, or like just different things where you're moving. And it was an amazing workout. Like I, I play tennis four or five times a week for sure. I'd like to say my cardio is pretty good. And this literally had me dripping sweat. I went through an entire t-shirt in a 45 minute workout and, and felt amazing. So um, I'm sure more and more gyms have these, but if look into your gym to see if they have it, cause I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I'm addicted to a whole nother thing now. Yeah. That's like what Zach got into before too. I forget. Yeah. I think it was title boxing that he went to, but it was a similar thing with like boxing and then just like the workout stuff and you kind of switch off. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I really want to take you and jazz and Zach said he wants to go back and try it out too, but yeah, it was free at my gym too. Like I, I think it's because they want to try to sell you on the gloves and some of the other stuff that they sell, but look into it. I'm sure you can find a class around you, some kind of boxing gym cannot recommend it highly enough, especially if you're not into like, uh, like, you know, like tennis is like a, something where like you would have to have good knees or like have good technique and all this other stuff where you need to have like a skill, like anyone can do this class. There was people of all skill levels doing it. People like me who are going hard as they could hitting the bag hard and, and sweating like a f- madman. And there's people that were not in good shape at all, but were just there hitting the bag, going softer, but working on the combinations, moving their feet, doing the lifts. And it, it was good for everyone. Like I, everyone was working hard. So that's what you're there for. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. It seems like they're making a lot more workout classes for adults that are like fun. Like our cardio tennis class that we go to, it's not just like playing tennis. It's like a workout, but it's super fun because you are playing tennis. And then it sounds like the box and burn was like fun and you like get to do punches and 
that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. the cycle class that I go to, we like listen to loud music and it's like dark and they do fun lights. And I don't know. I love that they're making more stuff than just like ellipticals for adults. True. And it's constantly changing too. Like when our adult or when our parents were our age, like racquetball was the craze, you know? Yeah. And jazzercise. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I wish I would have. I've never played racquetball. I think that would be really fun to play one of these days if we can find a place to do it at. Yeah, I played with my dad when I was younger. And I don't know if I was just because I sucked because I was little, but it was not fun. Yeah, for sure. You were, uh, let's talk about your background a little bit. You, in high school, this is, in Ohio is not this way, but in Illinois it is this way. An official high school sport of Illinois, for everyone out there, is badminton. And that is wild as fuck to me. And I want you to explain that, like explain the level of play and the sport to me. Because when I think of Batman, I'm like backyard barbecue fucking around with the family. So, I mean, that's all I knew about it before I started. But I played tennis in the fall. And then uh, basically it's really intense. And if you ever watch, <laughs> if you ever watch Olympic badminton, it's insane. It's like way more intense than tennis gets. Way mm -hmm. more intense. And... It's not at all like backyard badminton. You have like an actual birdie. It's not like the plastic ones. It's got like feathers on it. You serve it like backhanded. Like you hold the birdie here and then you like flick it with your wrist. Okay. And then there's uh, slice shots, which is very similar to like tennis, how you like slice it under. But in badminton, you like slice it over and then it like just barely falls over the net and smashes which is similar to what do they call it? oh a spike in volleyball mm -hmm. and it's a lot of strategy yeah it was super fun i had no idea but i was kind of a natural at it i think just because i had like been playing tennis so much probably like a good off-season you know regimen to keep your hand eye up and it was stay focused except then when you go back to tennis you're so used to like the light birdie that you kind of like every um, ball i hit would go out for a while yeah. but then you get it back it's hard to play both of them at the same time but like, that's why I just did only tennis in the summer and fall and then just only badminton in the spring. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's really fun. There's a badminton gym by our house that I want to check out. All right. And go check it out. We probably have all the shit to do it, right? Don't we have, you Absolutely probably have rackets not. and everything? No? Okay. We have like shitty backyard rackets. I'm that's telling just... you, it is intense. Like these rackets are like 150 bucks. Jesus. That's it's just like... one more thing for me to get addicted to and spend money on. You don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, I probably don't. I'll just go by myself. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, all right. Shifting back to the news a little bit. Uh, are you fam familiar with Elon Musk's company Neuralink? No. Okay. So wild stuff. Been in development for quite a while, and I'm just I'll kind of just scratch the surface on like what it is or whatnot. But it's it's basically a, a Bluetooth chip, a chip that Elon Musk is developing that would be implanted uh, into human brains. That would basically turn us into a computer person, like a hybrid person. Who wants that? Well, so like the long-term goal of the company is to like allow paraplegics and people missing limbs to be able to use like robotic limbs as if they were their own hand because it's reading your brain function. So if you had a robotic hand, it would know your arm, your brain's telling it to make a fist or thumbs up or anything like that. So that that angle of it is actually really, really cool. It could help a ton, a ton of people. It could help a paraplegic walk again. But doesn't that already exist? At least with the limbs. Like I've seen I've seen where it's like an electric signal from your brain and someone can like raise their arm. I don't know if it's as intricate as doing a thumbs up, but Exactly. Yeah, it's super, super limited. And it's not oh. necessarily like 
real time per se. And it's reading the, I think from what I know, it's reading like the closest nerve fiber that still can communicate to the brain instead of right at the source. Oh, okay. So like, I think somewhere along the way it's lost in translation or there's a delay and it's just not, not what it could be necessarily. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of what he's trying to do. And then on top of that, you could get like a sixth sense where, because you have a chip implanted into your brain, this Bluetooth, I don't know if it can talk to you or how it would communicate the info to you, but you could be like, oh, what's 500 times 379 or what, who was the president in 1931? Like you could just ask yourself that and know the answer somehow, like you would be told it or whatever. So like, that's terrifying. Yeah. I would not do that. Would you do that? No, no way. No way. I, I've seen too many sci-fi movies to, to do that. Fuck that. It seems like one malfunction and you could die. Yeah, exactly. Scarily enough, they've already started testing this on monkeys and Jesus. they're hoping to move to human trials in the next few years. But Recently, they've come under fire being accused for animal cruelty because 15 out of the 23 monkeys that they used for their experiments died uh, after what they allege is extreme suffering. What happened? Like what caused them the suffering? Side effects? What it is, and I don't know how do you pronounce this. So macaw, M-A-C-A-Q-U-E. Is it macaw monkeys? I think McKay? so, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say macaw. If I'm wrong, macaw. at least I'll just be continually wrong. <laughs> um, but they've been used in testing by Neuralink uh, as they started to like de further develop these Bluetooth-enabled chips. Uh, and they s insert them right into the monkey's brain. And it says that they've been able to communicate with them. Uh, and it, even in April of last year, Neuralink claimed that monkeys were able to play pong and they were they were playing pong with these monkeys and they were communicating back to them and like competing like it wasn't just one time they moved it or something so they said that the way that they did this is that the chip fed the information from the monkey's neurons into a decoder which was then used to predict the monkey's intended hand movements allowing the output from the decoder to be used to move the cursor instead of the monkey actually manipulating the joystick themselves so it read what the monkey was thinking and moved the straight thing that hits the ball when it comes to the pong side. Mm -hmm. Then that was last year. But like as a result, this 15 out of 23 monkeys dying within the last like month or so. Uh, on February 10th, the physician's committee filed a second public records lawsuit to compel uh, the university, which Neuralink partnered with, which is UC Davis, to release like the videos and photographs of these monkeys. I guess Neuralink was working in conjunction with this university, but all the monkeys were on this campus working with the students and professors there as they developed this stuff. They have not released anything yet, but the lawsuit alleges that monkeys were not provided with adequate veterinary care and that an unapproved substance, which is known as bioglue, was killing the monkeys by destroying portions of their brain. Jeez. So they just glued the chip in their brain and then the glue killed them? That's what they're saying. I, I don't know enough about it. Like I couldn't find much about this bioglue, but base, Neuralink said the company, th there was only one surgical complication involving this bioglue, but that bioglue has been FDA approved. It has been? Yeah, it was FDA approved. So it's kind of weird. Like it's kind of like, I don't, I mean, 15 out of 23 of them died. That's, That's concerning. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But Neuralink saying only one of the deaths can be caused by, can be pointed to bio glue mm. uh, and that the monkey was euthanized right, right away. So it's not like they suffered. Okay, but then like what did the other 14 die from? Yeah, right, exactly. So that's that's what they're trying to find out because if they can get UC Davis to release this footage and the photographs of, of the real research, then they, they can kind of maybe build a case or get more information because Neuralink is a, somehow it's like a separate company where they don't adhere to California's rules and regulations, but UC Davis obviously is. So they have more of a way to kind of fight and try to actually have more of a case to, to win against UC Davis since it's a California 
funded business or whatever you want to call it, education facility. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I read this and I'm, I just was wondering, like, is it, you think it's wrong to test products on animals? Yes. You think so? Yes. But like, what would be the next best thing to know that it works before you would test something on humans? Like even for shampoos or mm-hmm. medicines, like we have to test it on something that's genetically close to us. So like, what, what would be the better solution? Uh, human volunteers. You think so? Just pay them well? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more that needs to go into that. So you're not just getting like drug addicts or people who are super desperate True. because you need like a good sample of, of people to test stuff on. But I don't know. I don't think that's fair that animals like don't have a choice at all and they just get taken. Some of them get killed and eaten some of them get tested with a bunch of random shit yeah it's, it's hard because some are even just raised for the purpose of testing like mice a lot of mice and stuff like that are they're they're raised to be used as lab rats and and test animals they never even know much about the real world of animal kingdom or anything like that at all so yeah it's like I, to me I, it's hard though because it's like we're the dominant species and we have to do things that you know ensure our survival and and continue to push us forward medically Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I feel like it's almost a necessary sacrifice, but at the same time, I don't like to see an animal, f- you know, suffer either, you know? So it's, it's, I, I read this article. I'm like, man, I don't know how to feel about it. And yeah. I don't know if that's just cause I'm like partial to Elon Musk. And I think he's one of the humans pushing the human civilization, f- you know, forward. And if that's kind of blocking, you know, my viewpoint on what they're doing to these animals, but I, I couldn't really pick a side when I read this. So I was curious what you thought. Yeah, it's tough because I bet you our home was like 80% products tested on animals and we just like don't think about it. And probably most of those things we love because that's why we buy them. But then if you look at an individual, like these individual monkeys, like these specific monkeys that you're talking about and you're saying that most of them died, like that situation, it's easier to relate directly to the animal and be like that's wrong like that monkey shouldn't have died meanwhile like you're using lotion that got tested on some other monkeys that also died but you don't think about it because you're like enjoying the benefit and not thinking about what went into it well i don't really moisturize i don't use too much lotion myself girl you know you do You smell better than I do. Yeah, hey, sometimes. You've got me into it, though. I, for the longest time, was not a hand moisturizer, but since we've had the little man yeah, and the amount of times I wash my hands is like quadrupled per day. Love that. My hands are cracking like crazy, so I need my lavender lotions. (laughs) We have unscented. You just choose the lavender one. It smells good and it's relaxing. (laughs) It is relaxing. (laughs) Uh, A story of love. I got to say, I hope you don't ever do me like this. But a Florida woman has been charged with first degree murder after police say she allegedly stabbed her husband more than 140 times. Joan Burke, 61, listed in the incident report and officers with the Palm Springs police said they responded to Burke's home on the evening of February 11th after receiving a call from a man who identified as as her son. Uh, The caller had arrived home from work and discovered the body of his stepfather, Melvin Weller, 62, lying on the kitchen floor in a pool of blood. Uh, when asked by the 9-11 dispatcher if anyone else was at the home at the time, he paused for quite a while and then said his mother, Joan, was there. Uh, when the officers arrived, they found the victim in a large pool of blood that covered more than half the kitchen floor. They also found a map, broom, and other cleaning tools next to the body. A map? Yeah, I don't know if she was looking to dispose oh, of the body. To bury or- it. Yeah. Police said that the victim, who appeared to be deceased, I would think so, had multiple stab wounds uh, and lacerations on his body. Officers noted 
Blood splatters and smears on the walls, cabinets, counters of the kitchen. A couple of knives and a meat cleaver were found in the kitchen sink. The autopsy revealed the victim suffered more than 140 stab wounds and skull fracture caused by a blow to the head with a meat cleaver. Jesus. Yeah, and basically they, they got a search warrant immediately with all this evidence for the suspect's home and they were able to recover a garbage bag that contained a bloodstained nightgown belonging to the suspect and a cell phone which investigators think also belonged to the victim. Motive is unknown, but the victim's family did say he was physically disabled at the time of his death. So that's what? pretty crazy. That's horrible. Yeah, but I just ask that if you're ever going to take me out for whatever reason, just give me like one swipe to the neck when I'm sleeping. You know, just... just Real quick and easy, I, 140 times kind of seems, this guy had to do something really fucked up to her. Yeah. But see, if I was that mad at you, I want you to suffer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think that's what she was going for. Yeah. I There should be concern in the community, in the husband and just man community, because with all the shows on Lifetime and now Netflix and all these other things, like the tools to success are out there for women to, if they want to murder their, their lover, their significant other, there's plenty of uh, resource material out there for people, which is pretty concerning. Yeah, I have a lot of info. <laughs> yeah, and all the podcasts you listen to, too. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure you've learned all the things at least not to do because that's how they always get caught. Yeah. At this point, when I listen to it and they like say something that they did, I'm like, there it is. That's what's going to get them caught. I know. <laughs> what are your favorites uh, as far as like the murder podcast go? Uh, my favorite for sure is Morbid because I like those two girls. And it, it's not. It's kind of like this podcast where they kind of like talk back and forth a little bit um, and like they talk about the murder, but then they like, you know, put their own little little banter. Opinion, yeah, spin. their own little banter. Um, Crime Junkie is good just because they have good stories, but I absolutely cannot stand the co-host. The host is OK. The co-host is so annoying. Her whole purpose <laughs> is to be like <gasps> her father. Like, that's all she fucking does. It's so that's, stupid. That's how I feel sometimes when Frank's saying smart shit. I'm just like, really? <laughs> Damn. You're the Ashley Flowers of this podcast. <laughs> oh, man. But um, check them out. I do. You've turned me on to Morbid, and I listen to it occasionally. They actually do, like, murder ones that I'm not so into, but then they also do, uh, like, paranormal ones, which I'm very into, and they... They tell the whole story and, and kind of go into a lot of the backstory and experiences that other people have had. And they, they do a really good job. I try to listen to every single one of the paranormal ones that, that they release, actually. Yeah, I love them. So, all right. Well, kind of on the line of not murder, but disgusting crimes. <sighs> Mysteriously, it's pretty crazy. I can't believe it happened. But um, French modeling agent and Jeffrey Epstein's close associate, Jean-Luc Brunel, has been found dead in prison. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, the camera was not working at the time of the incident. That's what they always say on, on my murder podcast. The camera is never working. <laughs> yeah, man. We need to, if you're looking for a new uh, industry to break into, fucking camera installations in prisons and businesses. Yeah. I could make a killing because they're all broken. They're all broken and they all delete after like four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but Brunel, who was 76, was detained in December 2020 as part of an inquiry into allegations of rape, sexual assault, and sexual harassment as a part of this Epstein case. As we all know, in, in 2019, Epstein took his own life in a uh, Manhattan jail while he was awaiting trial on sex trafficking uh, allegations. Basically, like right around the time that that happened, Jean-Luc Brunel dropped off the face of the world. Uh, no one could find him. But then, you know, a couple months later, I think it was like six, seven months later, he and uh, Epstein's former girlfriend, 
Ghislaine Maxwell, another name that's in the news and who's also on trial. Uh, they were traced to the Brazilian Riviera, and uh, shortly thereafter, in 2020, he was arrested at Paris's Charles de Gaulle Airport. Uh, he was a frequent companion of Epstein and was considered central to the French investigation into all of this uh, sexual exploitation of women and girls by the disgraced financier and his associates. It sounds like he was kind of like his pimp. Uh, multiple women identified themselves as victims and basically said that like he lured them to like a model job in the U.S. and it was basically just to go and work for Epstein on his island as, you know, giving sexual massages and doing all kinds of different shit with high profile people. Mm -hmm. And um, funnily enough, he was found hanging in his cell a week after Prince Andrew settled his case in which he was accused of abusing one of the main witnesses in uh, Jean-Luc's own like trial, basically. So for those who don't know, uh, Prince Andrew has been kind of drugged through the mud. He's been part of this whole thing since Epstein kind of came into the picture. He was one of the people that frequented there. Uh, he was now has been like stripped of his title, his royalty, even though he's making substantial donations to this main witness, Virginia Geoffreys. He made a huge donation to her charity <laughs> for, I guess, no reason at all, just even though he didn't do it, whatever. <laughs> Basically, like this guy was found dead a week after he settled a case out of court to not have criminal charges put against him, but to, you know, put this thing away. So he paid off uh, Mrs. Guffrey and also made a huge donation to her charity. But it's, it's just wild, like to me, how these high and elite people can get away with so many things. Like you see the name Donald Trump, both the Clintons, you see Prince Andrew, like all these big people, Tom Hanks, th that were just like going to this island, doing whatever the fuck they wanted. And basically when the people that ran it all get caught, apprehended and are, are going on trial, they mysteriously kill themselves while the cameras aren't working. It's just like, mm -hmm. I don't understand how more people don't wake the fuck up and like buy, like we're not always crazy conspiracy theorists. Like there are bad people out there that are getting away with the worst crimes in the world. And we're just kind of letting it happen or like joking about it. Like, oh, Epstein didn't do it. But like, mm -hmm. for real. <laughs> yeah. People joked about Harvey Weinstein for like 15 years before he finally went down. Exactly. And he was guilty for like fucking all of it, man. It's just money can do whatever you want it to do for you. Yeah. I was going to say like, if these people have enough power to have like Epstein murdered and this other guy murdered, like why don't they have the power to stop them from getting caught in the first place? If they have the power to infiltrate the prison and like make sure that they don't go to trial and say what they know, then why can't they like hide them better? Yeah, that that's a good question. Cause I don't know if these people still want to like try to live out their lives and like spend the money that they have, yada, yada. And, and if that's what, you know, ultimately their pride or whatever, it gets them caught or, or what? I, I, that's a great question. I, I really don't know. Or do you think that they didn't really kill themselves and they're like living it with a new identity? Well, that's what a lot of people say about Epstein is like, yeah, it was a fake body. There's a lot of things that don't match the reports of his body and what happened, yada, yada. And it was basically just like all, an already dead body that they hung Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely possible that the powers that be arrange that to like, you know, hey, you're not going to say shit. We're going to get you out of this prison and you're going to go live on this remote island or whatever for the rest of your life. Everything will be taken care of, but shut your fucking mouth and we never want to hear from you again kind of thing. Like, that makes way more sense to me than 
him obviously like he didn't kill himself but it makes way more sense to me than like someone killing him and making it look like a suicide like it doesn't make sense that he would be dead if he has that much power but i could also see like if he wronged the clintons or like the royal family and they're like yo i don't know if he has family or anything like that but i'm sure they have some kind of blackmail against him where it's like hey in order for you to save the lives of your friends and family that you care about you're gonna kill yourself yeah. You're going to hang yourself or we're going to, you know, do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. You have two options right now. And I, I think that could also play a part in it too sometimes where like then really all that higher power bad people would have to do is make sure the camera's turned off, which is mm-hmm. probably just paying off a security guard and then letting the person kill themselves, you know, True. Or, or going in with another security guard and doing it too. So I, I could see both sides for sure. I, I guess it's just, was he in the good graces of Clinton's ex-family, like insert whatever, was he in the good graces of those people or did he piss those people off and mm-hmm. they use that leverage against him? So I, I really don't know. I'm surprised Ghislaine's still alive. Me too. Um, I was not expecting that. <laughs> She's like a key person in all this. So yeah. she's still alive. And the pilot that basically gave them a short list of people that frequently did the island is still alive. So that's surprising. Shocking. Yeah. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so that, that's really all the news I had for you. I, I, while I have you here, though, I, I did just want to ask you so far, we're about three months in and I've enjoyed every single second of having a son and raising him with you. But I wanted to ask you, like, what's been your favorite part of the whole process of being a mom? Um, When he smiles. <laughs> yeah it makes it all worth it for sure all the long nights and all the screaming and crying yeah. i hear that when he smiles because he like recognizes that it's me and he's smiling because he like i can tell that he's happy that he's seeing my face that's the best because yeah. he smiled before like in his sleep and it was really really cute but mm-hmm. now he's like smiling in response to seeing like, me that's my and mama that. yeah it's so cute <laughs> what's the thing that's like surprised you the most about the whole thing like for, for better or for worse like with your expectations going into it when you're pregnant and then having the actual kid and, and parenting every single day like what, what's been the thing that has surprised you the most um i told everyone i was like i don't see why people say it's so hard like this is gonna be so easy like there's two <laughs> of us and one tiny little baby And I was so wrong. Like, I barely remember the first four weeks. It was just a blur of like not sleeping and him screaming. And it was rough. But I feel like we got more in sort of a routine now. Not like a full routine, but we're like getting there or I'm just getting more used to it. For sure. Yeah. Adapting. But and now it's going to be a whole new set of challenges as you're going to go back to work in like two weeks. So like it's yeah, kind of just keeps changing and evolving. But I've enjoyed every second of it. I think it's been amazing. And I wouldn't have rather do it with any other person in the whole world. So thank you. (laughs) I think he agrees. He wouldn't pick anyone else for his dad. I'm honored and he's been very well behaved during this whole hour. So thank you, Walter. Yeah. Very appreciated. He's a sleepy boy right now. Well, if he's sleepy, <laughs> he's probably take advantage of our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when you can do that and help American heroes like veterans and first responders, it is that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, does just that as they donate $1 from every single item purchased to these charities all across our country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. And now I'm going to test you a little bit, Sarah. If people want to find our stuff and they use Twitter, for instance, what is our Twitter handle? Um, at Friendship News Hour. <laughs> ah, close. It's at Friendship NH. 
Oh, okay. I mean, I follow you. I just don't look at people's <laughs> handles. <laughs> if they want to find our stuff on TikTok and Instagram, what handle would they use? Friendship News Hour. There you go. That one I know because I see it on TikTok when it comes up at the bottom. Yeah, we're we're blowing up on TikTok slowly but surely. It's, you are. It's pretty cool. 60K yeah. on one video, right? Woot woot. <laughs> yeah, Frank does all the video editing. Thank you, Frank. You're killing it. Dave, shut up. <laughs> um, and if they wanted to send us an email with any questions, comments, or concerns, where would they do that at? It's like friendship something at bummerdudemedia.com. <laughs> <laughs> It's close. I, I always wonder if people listen this far in the episodes or if by the time we do the outro, they're like, all right, good episode. We're turning it off. Well, I just already follow you and I'm not going to email anyone. So we, we want an email for all the feedback you give me. I think Frank needs to hear more of it. Yeah, but I could feedback. just tell you and you'll tell him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, the email for anyone wondering is bummerdude.media at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you'd like to come on the show, if you know someone, a, a friend, anything like that, where you think you would add value to the show, we would love to discuss it further. I want to thank my beautiful, gorgeous, insanely smart and talented wife, Sarah, for joining me. I hope this is not the last time. Yeah, that was fun. Hells yeah. Until then, we will see you next week. We'll probably have some more guests as Frank is gone. But thank you for listening to the Friendship News Hour. 